This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare born from the spa. Milk and Honey sources and uses the safest possible ingredients in both their spa treatments and product lines, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. I recently went to their Brentwood location to treat myself to a spa day. In addition to having a wonderful and deeply therapeutic massage, I really appreciated how peaceful and relaxing the spa environment is. The lounge that is available for guests pre and post treatments felt like a little sanctuary and retreat away from the outside hustle and bustle of LA. We are so excited to now be able to offer our listeners a discount at all milk and honey spas, including both LA locations in Culver City and Brentwood. We are even more excited to partner with them to offer a spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat, a 60-minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. And for all our listeners in any location, their online boutique offers products from the milk and honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Supergoop, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Courageous wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any milk and honey location with code CW podcast, visit milk and to find a location near you. And if you want to try the courageous wellness spa package at a special discounted rate, use the code courageous wellness retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. And you can find all this information in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Welcome back everyone to Courageous Wellness. 
Today's episode is really great. It's an astrology episode with Lauren O'Connell and I'm smiling, which you can't see because this is a podcast because this is round two, take two of recording this episode, which for our astrology fans might not come as a surprise because Mercury is in retrograde, which impacts technology, communications, all that stuff. We talk about it in the episode, so I'm not going to even try to explain it here, but take two of recording Lauren's intro. Um, and yeah, I'm going to blame Mercury, Mercury. I'm going to be that girl, (laughs) but I feel like my people are listening to this episode because they're probably that girl or guy too. (laughs) Yeah. You've gotten super into it and it's fun. And I get to be her Guinea pig. Um, yeah, I've always enjoyed it, like, but I don't know nearly as much as Erica. And I know that Lauren's work, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, um, you'll get to learn about in this episode, has been like a really good um, accessible resource for you, Erica, and just like e- expanding your own knowledge and interest about astro stuff. She is, she's really helped me. I mean, I think I started getting into the moon cycles and Lauren hosts two moon events each month, a new moon and a full moon event that I have been attending for the last couple of months. I'm a part of her astro curious community. And what I like about Lauren is she makes everything really accessible, positive. She you know, everything in life and in astrology too has like a high vibe and a low vibe. And I think she does a really good job at focusing on more of like the high vibe while sharing the low vibe. And again, it's, it's in a very accessible, practical way that even people who are new to astrology, I feel like can really understand, but I started getting into the moon when I went off of the birth control pill and I started getting to learn my cycle again and all of the witchiness, which we kind of talk about in this episode too. I think, I think a little we do bit. touch on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think our moon cycles, the moon is so tied to our menstrual cycles as well. And that kind of got me really into the moon. I've always been impacted by the moon and somehow I, was led to the astro curious community and started going to her moon events and they've been really incredible. And so this is a really great conversation and, Oh, I know how I found her. And I talk about it in this episode too. It was through an event she did. She also does a lot of really cool events in astrology. Astro cartography was my, Mm. which we talk a little bit about in this episode. Um, we just got through eclipse season. She did really great detailed info for the eclipses and Right now, as we've mentioned, we're in the thick of Mercury and retrograde, and she really, really breaks it down in this conversation. And so I think everyone's going to love it. If you're brand new to astrology, I think you'll enjoy it. If you know a little bit more about astrology, I think you'll have a fun time listening to it. And if you want to go deeper, I highly recommend Lauren's Astro Curious Community because it's great. It's $24.99 a month. It's accessible. And I love it. So yeah, but before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind everyone that this episode is sponsored by milk and honey. We love milk and honey listeners can save 20% online at their boutique 
which carries everything from Osea Malibu products, Super Goop. I buy my glow screen at milkandhoney.com, Moon Juice products, Virtue, and so much more. It's a female-owned and female-funded brand out of Austin, Texas, and they also have eight spa locations in Texas and Los Angeles. They have yes. two locally here in Los Angeles, and yeah. Yeah, we we talked about our experiences at the spas recently on the last episode that we did, but um, we highly recommend going. We have exciting news. If you haven't heard, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we have an offering on their menu called the Courageous Wellness Retreat, which is the 60-minute Swedish um, signature massage. But if you get the Courageous Wellness Retreat, you also get a full body dry brushing experience as well before the massage. And it's really great for circulation, for exfoliation, for lymphatic drainage. Um, and you also get to keep the brush as a little, uh, little, you know, goodie to take with you, um, before your massage. So that's really wonderful. And if you don't, if you aren't into the courageous wellness retreat option, you can also use our code for 20% off any spa service or med spa service there. And again, the code is CW podcast, same one that Erica mentioned for the online store or, um, also retail items at the spa locations. So they're in Culver city and Brentwood in Los Angeles. And, um, we just, we love it. We love them. They're a great partner and, uh, check them out and, and let us know if you have any questions as well. Yeah. And all that's in our show notes, the links for the discounts and yeah, 20% off CW podcast. So should we get to the episode? Want to take us away, Allie? Do it. Absolutely. So today on the podcast, we welcome Lauren O'Connell, known as the modern astrologer. Lauren offers a wide variety of services, including birth chart readings, human design readings, numerology readings, monthly virtual new and full moon ceremonies, events, retreats, and workshops. Lauren's approach is to bring a fresh, less woo-woo twist to the overwhelming, complex, and layer science of astrology by providing relatable, easy to comprehend breakdowns that anyone can implement into their life. Lauren also has a membership called Astro Curious for those wanting to be part of a community of people who love to go deep into all things spiritual. These include two monthly moon events. And in this conversation, we talk all about the birth chart, Lauren's journey to astrology, tips for anyone feeling the residual of eclipse season and all of us in the depths of Mercury retrograde right now. Lauren has a really positive take on even the lower vibes of these moments like Mercury retrograde. And it was a really great and uplifting conversation. And if you enjoy it, tag us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Let us know what you think. And without further ado, here's the episode. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using Seed for close to a year now and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am devoted to taking seed every single morning before food, and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. 
The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic is vegan and gluten-free and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains, not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. And in addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet. Pretty important, right? Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community as well. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use the code COURAGEOUS15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, 
Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. So welcome, Lauren. We are so excited to have this conversation with you and get to know you a bit better and the incredible work you do. So to kick us off, can you share a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in this world of astrology and human design and tarot and all of that fun stuff? (laughs) All the woo-woo things. Yes. Well, thank you for having me, by the way. So exciting. Um, I started my astrology journey with a deep obsession with understanding self. My grandmother on my father's side was, did astrology, palm reading, she handwriting analysis, but she was somebody I only got to see here and there, like once a year, and then grew up extremely Catholic on the other side of things. So it wasn't until I was, you know, an adult figuring out my own self and it came with Saturn return. So if listeners are familiar with Saturn return, it is a time between like 28 and 30, where you really start to take stock of, you know, what are my purpose? What am I working towards? Do I align with it? Am I completely drained and exhausted? Are these friendships even in alignment anymore? All of the things. And so I remembered my grandmother, she was like, you know, a sassy one. She would talk about politics, but like, oh, they're going through Saturn return. Everything will change. So I remembered Saturn return, insert rabbit hole, taught myself astrology, started doing readings within a couple of years. And here we are now. I found, you know, interest in all the woo-woo things along the way. And it did take like kind of coming out of the spiritual closet, so to speak. I was like, kept it hidden for a while because I was afraid of what everybody would think. And once I embraced that, it's just been flowing amazingly. So, well, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, it is always fun to hear sort of like how people get into the work that they do. And I think that's, what's fun about this work. Like I know we were saying before we started recording, Erica has gotten more lately into really diving into astrology. I know she really enjoys it. I have always found it to be really fun and fascinating, um, as a, just as an additional tool to, as you said so beautifully, get to um, sort of explore aspects of ourself and understand ourself even more. Um, And then it's just like, it's sort of like a fun kind of like detective is how I feel when I am dappling in it. And I am by far the most novice here. You're the expert. Erica is kind of like (laughs) our our resident sort of interested party in the the duo. I joke it's becoming now we ask three wrap up questions at the end, but I'm almost always now asking a fourth of like, what's your sign? Like, what are your big, <laughs> I told her, um, I'm like, that's the most LA question. She could yeah. Ask. Yeah, yeah. I am from LA, but, um, but no, I think what you said about Saturn return is so interesting. Ali, you actually were diagnosed with cancer during your Saturn return mm. and the podcast started during my Saturn return, um, which was a huge time of transition with like everything that you mentioned. And, um, yeah, for any of our listeners too, if this is their first introduction, can you tell us a little bit more about what Saturn return is and how did you navigate and come out of that? Let, yes. You mentioned, right. your world kind of opened up and this new sphere happened, but, um, 
I know there's a lot of stickiness in, in the Saturn return as well. Saturn return sometimes often gets a bad rep, but I'm here to just know, like, and explain that it can be a lovely time, but Saturn in astrology rules, you know, hard work, effort, you know, no cutting corners. It's slow and steady. It also traditionally rules over career in general. So a lot of times, regardless of where Saturn falls in your chart, there is an emphasis and look on what am I putting my energy and effort towards? Am I really finding passion there? Or am I just like good at it? (laughs) Am I drained? So that's a common theme for people. But then also where is Saturn in your birth chart? That gets more specific. Mine happened to be in the first house of identity self. And so I started to go towards things that I really was much more in aligned with um, and stepping out of more of that people pleasing side of me. That's innate. (laughs) Um, But Oftentimes, depending on obviously your Saturn placement, one of the aspects that it's receiving, it is a time when people are like making huge relationship shifts, um, job changes, awakenings, parts of them going through tough things. But what it all has in common is this idea of, you know, I say Saturn is a karmic planet. It's like if you were doing things and forcing things that are not in alignment with your soul self or your passion it will make things so incredibly hard that you must stop and change something. And so if you are elevating and pushing towards your goals and, you know, putting in the effort towards those things, Saturn return often will up-level you as well. So you mentioned starting the podcast during that time. I always say, if you are bold and go after things that are in alignment, Saturn has this beautiful ability to make things stick for long-term. So I started my business during Saturn return right? Um, I had a big breakup. I almost got engaged and that's when that ended. And that's very common. So if anybody has gone through that and you kind of question, like, should I have left that job or that person? It's like undeniably yes. During Saturn return, it kind of clears the slate for you so that you can, it like happens for you, even if it comes with, you know, loss, uncertainty and stress. It's all. Yeah. Thank you for breaking that down. I do think it's so interesting. And I think it's just also that it makes sense that it happens sort of at that period of time in life where those few years, um, always feel like, or even just looking back on it, it feels like a time of really growing up in a different way. Um, and so sometimes we always talk about, you know, growth can be uncomfortable, but, um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like there's so much on the other side of that, that can be really transformative. So thank you for sharing about what it is for those of our listeners who are either in it or have gone through that kind of transition or might be, yeah, I was gonna say approaching it. If you're Um, approaching it, I mean, it's kind of nice to know ahead of time. I always say like the first year feels a little confusing, uphill battle, uncertainty, and like, you know, But then the second year, you kind of got the wind at your back. I call it the give no more fucks transit because you're just like, I can no longer care so much about things that are no longer alignment. So you really got to step up to the plate and Saturn rewards hard work. So if you push, it's going to benefit you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really true. I was, I I remember I woke, I didn't know about it until I was in it, but it was so interesting when I learned about it because I remember I woke up on my 28th birthday and I felt different. And I, like I said, I didn't know about it then, but I just remember waking up and I was in Santa Barbara and it was beautiful. It's at my favorite place. And just, I felt off. And, um, 
later that year, my 29th year was a, that was the big transition for me with starting the podcast and dealing things with friendships. And just so I, um, I'm a people pleaser by nature. I think it'd be fun to share our big threes right before we continue. Cause I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm always like, what's their sign as the more astrology focused one in this partnership. But, um, my sun sign is in Libra and my rising is in Capricorn. So I think I am Saturn ruled in general. Um, but yeah, the Libra people pleasing was a big, big, um, transition for me. So my big three, I'm a Libra Aquarius Capricorn. Um, Allie, you can go next. (laughs) I am easy. I'm an Aries sun. I'm an Aries moon and I'm an Aries rising. (laughs) Is your sun and moon in the 12th or first house? I have no idea. (laughs) That will make a big difference. Okay. Um, (laughs) We'll have to look after. The 12th house is like more of the deep introspective, um, intuitive house. And then first is very bold. It's naturally Aries domain. So it'd just be interesting to Mm. check. That's what are your big three? Yeah. What are your, I am a Scorpio rising, uncovering all the things Mm. Gemini moon, very ADD. It's in the eighth house, which is like, so Gemini loves to learn, teach, speak all the things about the house that it's in, which is astrology, psychology, uncovering. And then my son is in Leo in the ninth house of spirituality and expansion. Wow. Beautiful. So again, I, as we mentioned before, recording. We have done a couple astrology episodes. It has been a minute. So Mm -hmm. for any of our long-term listeners who may have found us after those episodes or might be newer to the show, can you kind of break down what we just said, right? Like what is your sun, moon and rising sign? Why is this important? What does it tell us about ourselves? Why is it like the place to begin almost. Yeah. I think, you know, everybody knows their sign. I'm doing quotations. That is your sun sign. Okay. So that got popularized in the U S because everybody can know their sun sign, the rising sign. You have to know your time of birth. So I feel like people don't talk about as much because it's not as accessible, but if y'all are going to listen to your horoscopes, or if you read it in depth ones or YouTube it, listen and read for your rising sign. Very important because horoscopes have all 12 houses involved, but the big three, I start every reading with the big three. It's like your rising sign. This is your first impression. This is how people perceive you upon first meeting. I also call it the inner compass. What motivates you in life? Right. And then it's, you know, your decision maker seen through that. I also do human design and I always tend to see the correlation between the rising sign energy and um, that. And then your sun sign, once people get to know you as a friend, this is kind of that ego personality that you're operating with day to day, interacting with people. Um, And then the moon sign, my favorite part of the chart, most important is once people get to know you intimately, The moon rules our emotions, our intuition. What do we need to feel balanced, fulfilled, um, emotionally, you know, woosa. And so the moon sign is who you are. Think of it as like your soul self, your more subtle, quiet self. It is the easiest to ignore because we are more operating more in like the sun, also Mars, Mercury, all of those planets. But the moon, I always say, if you gift yourself what the moon is craving in your birth chart, the house and sign that it falls into. If you kind of spend energy and time developing that sign and 
giving energy to that house in your birth chart, you will feel much more happy and content internally. So it kind of goes deep, like rising sign, first impression, outer persona. We always have it with us. Sun sign, personality, day-to-day ego vibe, um, ego, not in a bad way, just like our ego self and then moon sign, soul, intuitive self. Yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. I think that's an easy way to like, to look at it. Although I always laugh when I found out that I was a triple Aries. I was like, well, at least I'm consistent. That's what I say. When people have a double or triple, yeah. I'm like, what you see is what you get. You get 100% yeah. like, and whether, what you get at home, what, what you get in relationships, what you get in, in career, it's sort of like, I do feel like that. I don't feel like different, like a yeah. different version of myself in different settings. Um, so I'm curious, like, how do you, I will, I want to go into the work that you do because Erica's gotten to do some of it and she really, really raves about it. And, um, I think like you said also before we started recording, like it's definitely been a big help for you in your own sort of understanding of astrology. So I want to go into the work that you do, but I'm curious as you, before we get into that, as you started to dive into this during your own Saturn return and started to become self-taught in all of this, how did you feel the impact for yourself? Like in your own life, what did it give you as you started to use it for yourself first? It gave me complete self-awareness. I always say astrology is like the blueprint of your highest potential, right? It shows you what you're good at, what you can struggle with, and it can help you explain your needs to friends and people. And so it, to me, very clearly helped me make sense of how I just felt very different than everyone else. And that is my greatest strength, not something I should have dimmed. So it really helped me be authentically me. And when you do those things, you attract like attracts like. So I was 10, I was definitely forcing, I'm sure we can all kind of relate to this in some capacity of like, if you get rewarded for things you do well, you tend to do those things over and over and over. But if there's no passion there, I just felt like I, I don't really like going to the bar and watching sports all day and drinking Bud Lights with my friends. I wanted to go to the farmer's market and museums and quirky things. Um, So I started doing those things alone because my friends were like not moving that direction. And then I also noticed like relationship patterns within me and what are my needs. And so being able to even communicate that when you're dating somebody is fantastic. So ultimately self-awareness and then really getting a sense of what are my innate skills and being bold enough to now go towards those things rather than playing safe in the areas where I was like rewarded for doing good job at things that I didn't give a fuck about. (laughs) Yes, no, it is. It's so helpful. I found astrology to really like understand yourself. And I've had such similar experience as you're talking about, especially with, um, I really identify with um, my moon sign a lot. Um, learning about that was really wonderful and my sun sign, but in my, I, I identify with all of them, but what I'm getting to is learning about my Venus and Mars specifically, how I love and fight. And um, I am partnered how my husband's Venus and Mars are. That's been really incredible in even our communication, like you're talking about, because actually I don't think our Venuses are 
that compatible. He's a Capricorn Venus and I'm a Leo Venus. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, I need like so much attention to feel love. And, um, I give that kind of attention to, in all of my relationships, but Capricorn Venus is, he's just like stable and solid. He has a lot of Capricorn in his chart. Yeah. He's like, just, he's like, that's not his vibe, but being able to communicate and understand that, no, I'm not just high maintenance. This is actually a part of my chart that I need. It's, it's created so much more, um, harmony, I think in our partnership and same, I'm an Aries Mars, which Allie gets because she understands my rage. Um, but I used to be like, why am I just so angry all the time and other things, right. With Aquarius moon too, is kind of intense, but I, it helped me understand myself exactly as you're talking about. But my question too, is it's so interesting sometimes because I know every sign has like an enlightened aspect and right, like a lower vibrational aspect. (laughs) And sometimes with astrology too, it can be predictive, right? Um, As well. So I guess, how do you I guess like rectify that with, if, if, you know, like I was saying when I I definitely am an Aries Mars, like I get really angry and fiery and then I move on quickly. I know that's a lower vibration. Part of it is like the, the anger and the rage maybe, but, um, and so how do you just rectify the lower vibrational aspects and bring forth the higher vibrational side of each sign? I get it. Great question. Um, so every sign has a high and low vibe. So get to know yours. I, the low vibe just simply can mean maybe you're having a bad week and it's rearing its head or you are out of alignment, to be honest. So for Mars, for example, that is our passion, willpower and drive. So if you're really irritable and short fuse and angry, you could be pushing towards things that you aren't really passionate about. Aries needs passion. And so when you're feeling energized, you're on the right track. When you're getting angry, I always say what's refreshing about Aries energy is like, you know, it in the moment and then you're over it. Right. So it's refreshing in that way. Um, whereas some people with Mars, you know, cancer, for example, would be like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then resentment building up for years, perhaps, you know, just as an example, that's a low vibe. Um, So being aware, noticing if some of the lower vibes are in play and then doing the reflective look at like, okay, what could this really be? Is it something that I'm forcing when it comes to Mars? Is it Venus, something to do with my worthiness at the, at the core of it and feeling resentment Mercury? Is it something I'm not, you know, voicing what I need moon? Is it not something I'm getting emotionally that I'm really craving? And so it's all about, I love what you said about the compatibility of your, your partner in you is because Once you get to know yourself completely deeply by understanding your chart, you then can see other people in a very intuitively empathetic way of like, my way isn't necessarily right. Now I can understand their way and we can, you know, blend and push and pull in a beautiful way. But yeah, I think, you know, you have to have the capacity, which you do because you are aware of it to recognize those things. When am I kind of, in that low vibe thing and then do the work at trying to figure out how or why it's showing up. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And it's also the practical application like of why anyone would do this work or use this tool um, 
it's so that we can, I guess, understand ourselves better and understand others. It makes a lot of sense as far as that goes. Um, so can we share a little bit with our listeners about kind of the work that you have developed, um, in this space now, and what does that look like and how do people engage in it, um, work with you, but also like what I know, like Erica, you could probably say this better because you've done some of the, the moon, is it like your moon courses? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know it's like definitely deep in Turk's expansion and understanding of it all. So can you share with us a little bit about that? If someone's interested in that and what sort of the experience might be? I feel like, like I mentioned the moon being, you know, every astrologer might have a different take, but for me, the, if you understand your moon sign in your chart, you can really get your core a little bit more happy and balanced. And I started noticing over the years, anytime I posted about the newer full moon, people were just freaking loving it. And I'm like, in my mind at the time, I was like, this is so easy and simple. Like my ego wanted to tell them about Uranus squaring Mars in the sky and all these crazy things that can happen. But I was like, wait, this is a practice that if twice a month people can gather together, the new and the full moon, the new moon is new beginnings. The full moon is when we release and edit and get clear. And it's twice a month where you can really take time to reflect. And it's a self-care practice. And it's getting you essentially more in touch with your moon and your birth chart, which is your intuition and what you need and taking time for yourself. So I developed the moon um, series it was a little over a year ago. And then, so every new and full moon, we gather for an hour, we talk about the astrology of the moon, but most importantly, it's like, how does this impact you specifically? That's where the real power of astrology comes into play as far as, so like you have your birth chart, right? That doesn't change. We're always evolving as humans, right? Gravitating from high and low vibe in between, but your chart stays the same. What's going on in the sky currently is called a transit. And that is impacting us energetically and how that impacts you specifically is the sweet sauce of understanding astrology. And that's where you can get the predictive tools of astrology, how to handle the energy, how to embrace, not, and, you know, not react during certain times, um, to your benefit and how and when to know when to be bold, make moves, et cetera, is seen by transits and the easiest transit for people to really get in my opinion is the moon transit. And so we have a new and a full moon every single month. They'll be in different signs every month and where that falls in your birth chart is kind of the area of your life where you're having a new beginning or being called to release an old pattern or something if it's a full moon. So new and full moon events. And then I started Astro Curious, which is the monthly membership that includes the moon events. And it is a place where a lot of community has been built. I'll do events here and there, um, post all the things, workshops are included or highly discounted. And it's just a space for people to just nerd out on not just astrology, but human design, astrocartography. We've got numerology, tarot, anything that you want to dabble in. There's like folders filled with articles and all the things. So it's become my favorite thing on the planet is astro curious. And I can't wait to see how it unfolds. It's only been a year really since that. Yeah. I joined too pretty recently. I just joined this year, but I love it so much. Um, it's been so 
like the community element is great. Like I love the community component. It's all on zoom. Cause I'm in Los Angeles. You're in Chicago, you know, totally different species, but, um, that's what got me into it. Right. I was paying individually for your new moon and full moon events. And then I was like, oh, I should just join Astro Curious. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's, and you get like, I've been able to ask questions about like eclipses and different things. And you're there to answer community members answer. It's really wonderful. But, um, it's been really like the, the tools that you provide to the community, like all of your, um, PDFs for lack of a better word about like, you know, what houses this is in and like what, and how to read, um, your videos. And I know your Instagram is really wonderful with that too, but like how to read the houses and how to know what house everything is. And I didn't know any of that before joining Astro Curious. And that has been so incredible in, um, just again, this deeper understanding of myself and preparing for the month of ahead and, and releasing. And it's just, it's been, a really beautiful community to be a part of. And actually, no, I was thinking, I was like, how did I find you originally? And it was astro cartography. I, that was the event. That was my first event with you. And it changed my life. And I've done everybody in my life's, um, astro cartography yes. now. Um, and it's so cool. Actually my mercury line, I, I was born in Los Angeles and, um, it runs right through Los Angeles. It's so cool. Um, yeah. And it's been really neat to, to see people in, in my life. So I'd love to talk to you about, uh, touch on astrocartography in a second, but, but about the predictive astrology element, because I think sometimes as like woo and open as I am, I was raised in a Buddhist family. I have like a Buddhist foundation. Ali and I met through our Buddhist practice, right? I love astrology. I couldn't be more LA if I tried but the predictive aspect has always made me a little nervous, you know, yeah. like even sometimes to being like, well, so how predictive is it? Right. Like if you do a reading and I know you also provide one-on-one readings, which I can't wait to do with you eventually. But, um, if you, if you're going through a transit in your life or the moon is in a difficult part of your house or the eclipse season is in a difficult part of your house, how do you navigate, I guess, like free will and the predictive component of astrology? It's a great question. And I grew up very Catholic and I have family, a huge, massive extended family. And some of them won't even let me speak about what I do. So I totally get it. And, um, they all say like, why can't Lauren just call herself a life coach? I'm like, cause that would dumb down what I do because <laughs> it's so much more complex, but the predictive, I say astrology is the energy of the planets, the transits provide opportunities. You have the free will to take it or not. I see tons of people say they get an eclipse in their 10th house of career and a career opportunity comes their way, but they'd rather play safe and stay where they are. You have the free will to do that. But my goal is to just help people prepare of what the energy is coming so that if you get, you know, that example, a job opportunity reaches out and it's around the eclipse season, I would very much have you pay attention to that opportunity because it could be a really wonderful thing. And so, yeah, most simply put, I think transits are opportunity windows. You can take them or leave them. But sometimes there are bigger events that kind of like the universe will try to push you in a way, especially with eclipses. It's kind of like it's 
it's happening for you, not against you in a way. And I have an overwhelmingly positive spin on every single thing. So if you ever get a reading, it is zero things to be feared. It's almost like I'm going to make you feel so good and hyped (laughs) during and after. Um, So yeah, nothing to worry about. It's not like you're not in control of your life. It's just think of the birth chart and astrology as like, here's your innate makeup. Here's how you can work with it best. Here's if you weren't conditioned in certain ways to play small or stick to one thing or whatever. And you gave yourself permission to be, you know, uniquely you and take opportunities when they show up without, you know, fear. That's where astrology can really come into play with um, transits and how to take advantage. This episode is brought to you by base. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated or what's really up with your stress levels or why you never feel truly rested with base at home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which tests you want to get started with, or you need some guidance, BASE's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body. Members can measure, understand, and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns, diet, stress, energy, sleep, and sex drive. The result of your hormone, vitamin, or nutrient tests are delivered to you through BASE's app and come with personalized recommendations, including lifestyle changes, supplement suggestions, and more. We both had the opportunity to try base and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and base gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. Pricing starts at $59.95 per month or quarterly, or you can start with base complete, which are eight tests up front for $450. We are happy to be able to offer our listeners 20% off with the code CWPODCAST. To get started, take the base quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get-base.com slash CWPODCAST to receive 20% off with code CWPODCAST at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes. This episode is sponsored by Sprout Living. We are very excited to share all about our favorite new plant-based protein powders by Sprout Living. Sprout Living is delicious and we really appreciate the nourishing quality ingredients. Sprout Living protein powders are all USDA organic, vegan, grain-free, soy-free, gluten-free, nut-free, kosher, and non-GMO with a pumpkin seed, yellow pea, and sunflower seed protein blend that offers up to 26 grams of plant-based protein and superfoods, herbs, and spices. They offer sample packs so you can try all their delicious flavors, including original chocolate maca, vanilla lucuma, and green kingdom. What makes Sprout Living different from most plant-based powders is that they avoid the unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real whole superfoods and adaptogens, which is cool because it makes the blends multifunctional. I love to use the chocolate maca blend with cashew butter, chia seeds, flax milk, frozen blueberries, and spinach to make a decadent smoothie that tastes just like a chocolate shake. 
If you want to try Sprout Living, you can save 20% off your order by using code CWPODCAST. Visit www.sproutliving.com and use code CWPODCAST, one word, to save 20% off. They also offer free shipping and a 100% money-back guarantee. Give them a try and let us know if you love it as much as we do. You can also find direct links in the show notes. I guess maybe it's in the name or in your name, the modern astrologer, but there's a very, like, I, I find the way you speak about it to a very sort of practical grounded way to use this. Um, if people are called to do that and you brought it up eclipses. So I'm curious, can we talk about eclipses? Like I know what they are from a, from an, like, um, like a cosmic, yeah, an astronomy's yeah. point of view. I know like literally what a, a lunar and a solar eclipses are, but I know isn't, aren't there eclipses or we've just gone through some eclipses. So can you talk to us about like, what is eclipse season? What happens? What is the energy shifting? That kind of thing. Yeah. I love, there's a huge thunderstorm as we started talking about eclipses. It's so funny. Um, so eclipses, like I mentioned before, there's a new and full moon every single month. Well, every six months, those are eclipses. And even if you can't see them in the sky, like astronomy, astronomy wise, like you can see this in this part of the world, astrology, it's big and potent regardless where it happens and where you can see it. So in astrology, eclipses happen. And I don't want to get too complex. I'll try to keep it simple. There's a North and South node which in your birth chart, those are really important to know. It's my favorite topic in astrology, but where they're transiting in the sky and there's always two signs involved for the eclipses, the one sign and then the one right across from it. So based on where the nodes are every year, we get eclipses every six months, and they usually happen three times in the same signs. So there's usually a story that builds each eclipse and depending where they fall on your birth chart is the real bread and butter. But, and if you want to know that detail, you know, just message me and I'll help you. But, um, Essentially, I look at eclipses as if you have a new moon eclipse hitting your chart, there's a new opportunity there. Maybe the first eclipse, you're getting the idea. By the second eclipse, you're making a move with it. The third, it's like wrapped up and beautifully in a bow. But those are over 18 months. Sometimes they could come in hot. Like I quit my job on the eclipses to do this full time. Like I practice what I preach, right? It's big windows of opportunity. They're very karmic. Um, sometimes it could come with intense things, but usually it comes with exciting opportunities. So it, it's, think of it as a full moon and a new moon on steroids. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very potent. Um, full moons for everybody that's listening. It's when the sun and moon are in the exact opposite sign. So there's a tension and a pull between those times and that from the full moon, it peaks and then it starts, the moon starts to shrink to the new moon. So during that time we were releasing and editing out and clearing. So on a full moon eclipse, usually there's a culmination and ending a peak event in the area that it hits your chart on a new moon eclipse. That is when we have the sun and moon in the same sign. So there's a double dose of energy wherever it hits in your birth chart. And in for everybody collectively, whatever sign it falls into. So when this is airing, we've just come out of eclipse season. So I bet a lot of you have gone through big shifts in your life or the wakening up of major shifts. And 
It's important to note some people, depending on where it hits their chart, it will be external shifts that are much more obvious to everyone else. Like they changed jobs, they've moved completely into a new state, they've changed relationship status, they're pregnant. It's like big things that are obvious. They're launching something with a business or a website. Then those people, because there's houses in the birth chart are much more internal. You could be starting therapy for the first time, which is a major thing. You could be healing um, from a past, you know, upbringing, childhood thing, a relationship. You could be healing a relationship with a family member. You could be taking a course, signing up for something for the first time that's going to expand your knowledge. So it can be very literal or very internal based on you and your particular chart, but they're usually, it, it usually adds upon each eclipse. So every six months, pay wow. attention when those are happening. Yeah. Wow. I, so the way you explain it to, and Lauren, what I love about your work is it is so empowering, right? Like you use all of this as like an empowering force, right? Not like a, even though I, I don't know if our audience could hear it, but I think I heard thunder while you were talking. Yeah. There was like thunder happening. It was so, um, magical, but, um, yeah, again, it's just very empowering. And so I'm sure we're all feeling the energy coming out of this right now. And, and as we come out of it, right, this episode is going to air, we're going to be in mercury retrograde. So that's a lot of energy though, at once. So like, how do we manage this time? And I know mercury and retrograde even my friends who don't believe in astrology at all have now started believing in mercury retrograde because it's, it is very, very real. Like I, yeah, it's very real. So I see like anybody, even if they aren't really into it, they're like, Oh, mercury's in retrograde. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> yes. So, so coming out of eclipse season, entering mercury retrograde, how do we deal with all this energy right now and keep our heads afloat? So what I love about this combo is eclipses tend to be sometimes jarring or overwhelmingly, even if it's really exciting, like I'm starting a new job, I'm moving. Those things come with stress, even though it's an exciting thing, right? The beauty of Mercury retrograde, and I'm a big fan of Mercury retrograde. So I like to dispel any worries or anger fits and blaming Mercury. So Mercury rules our logical mind, how we communicate how we think, how we speak, our schedules, electronics, all of those things. That's why when Mercury retrogrades, people are like, oh, everything's going wrong. The Wi-Fi is not working. My phone, um, I sent an email to the wrong person. I said the wrong thing. Somebody, you know, I broke this car troubles. It's because it's a time when we're supposed to slow down, go inward. And we live in a very logical world. We're very go, go, go. We're scheduled. We need things to, you know, hit at a certain time and be in a certain way, or it can disrupt our flow and mercury rules all those things. So when it goes retrograde, we're supposed to be more intuitive, um, come back to things from the past, get organized, reflect. You don't want to push forward with anything really brand new. You don't want to force anything. It's much more about returning all, all of the RE words, return, review, re-edit, renew, um, you know, all of like, get, you can get back to an old part of you that maybe you started something and never finished it. Mercury retrogrades your time. You can revisit old friendships and it's like no time had passed. You can really go deep and start reflecting in a way of recognizing patterns within yourself and really have some 
quiet, peaceful time. Um, energetically, you might need a little bit of a quiet rest, don't force mode. And why I like that time after the eclipses is because if you guys are going through some exciting changes during eclipses, Mercury retrograde provides this time and space for us to really get um, ready and clear and plan and settle in. So I think it's a really good combination of time. I, and I've heard, right. We're not supposed to during Mercury retrograde, like sign contracts, like, right. Like make final decisions, these, these types of things. What if you can't, what if you have to, right? Like what if something big came in during eclipse season and now the contract is right there to sign during Mercury retrograde, like, or, um, or in general, just anything. What if there's something you have to push forward during this time? How do you navigate that as well? Yeah. Great question. Because I always say, if you can help it, obviously Mercury retrogrades four times a year, you guys, and it's always happening. So nothing wrong is going to happen. If you have to make a big decision during Mercury retrograde, what it is asking for though, is to definitely scan it a few more times. Cause what can happen is missing some details, being a little confused, overlooking some things, getting caught in something like say you sign a lease for an apartment. Well, it's, it's not meant to be permanent. So it's okay. That kind of thing. If an eclipse brings a new job, eclipses trump Mercury retrograde, you guys. So take that new job. Nothing bad's going to happen. And like I mentioned, Mercury retrogrades all the time. So say I have a lot of people that are like, I'm getting married during Mercury retrograde. Holy shit. Does that mean my marriage is going to fail? No. What it means is everybody attending Mercury retrograde impact schedules. So you just want to make sure that that is really buttoned up and you are very extra clear at communicating to just save yourself from that annoyance. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. I had an experience actually, I, with a car, I had to like, my lease was up and I had to get a new car and it was during Mercury retrograde. Anyway, they like everything worked out. They took over my lease, like things happened. And then like, I think it was six months later, I found out that like that former lease had gone, was about to go into collections. I caught uh-huh. it right before it did, but the new car dealership, did not like they didn't finish. They didn't do the paperwork correctly. So basically my lease hadn't been finished paying and it it got fixed. Like nothing bad happened. Right. Like I caught it. Thank goodness. But it was so interesting because I was like, oh my gosh, like we did that contract during mercury retrograde and, um, it slipped through the cracks. So now whenever I have to do anything during mercury retrograde, like even I, dot the I's cross the T's like look at everything. But, um, yeah, it all worked out. It was just, I couldn't believe it where it was like months later, I got like a, a final notice letter being like, you haven't paid off your, I was just, why You're is like, this? So, That's but a perfect yeah. example mm-hmm. of like, it's just things that are, uh, I mercury retrograde definitely can bring annoyances and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel fast and easy. Um, but it, it's a great time to perfect and edit and mm-hmm. those things in mind. I bought my Prius during Mercury retrograde and it, it is, it's the worst thing to do. It's like constant <laughs> shoes, but I'm like, whatever, what are you going to do? I have to buy it for a job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Lightly with it. it. It can be a beautiful, beautiful time for sure. Where it hits your chart too. Some houses, I always say, if it falls, if Mercury's retrograding in your third, sixth or 10th, mainly third and sixth, because Mercury rules those houses anyways. 
Third and six are big on communication schedules, electronics, day-to-day -day routine. And so it's gonna mess with you a little bit more. But say Mercury retrogrades in like your fifth house of creativity, you can come back to a creative passion that you have dropped and it's so beautiful. Yeah. You can have a old fling come back out because that's a romantic part of your chart. Isn't so. that the joke though? In, in Mercury, I always feel like every time Mercury's in retrograde, you see like funny memes where it's like, if your ex texts you, don't respond or whatever. Like, People yeah. are in reminiscent mode. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. Reminiscent where it's like, oh, maybe, you know, like <laughs> they come out of the woodwork, right? That's yeah. Interesting. They're kind of thinking differently. Mercury retrograde is internal. And so it's so predictable when guys, guys, particularly, I always joke because I'm like, oh, we're on to you. Like mm -hmm. you're clearly like reminiscing. And then in three weeks, you're going to be like poof gone again. So don't fall for it. Uh, <laughs> but so it's funny. It is. It's also helpful. And I think for anybody who is listening, they're like, how do I know what house everything, everything really is on your Instagram and your website. So everything is going to be in our show notes and, and link to that. And again, if, if you are astro curious, I love the name. I really can't recommend your, um, your monthly membership enough because it really is again, it's helped me understand my chart and other people's charts even more. Like now during your moon events, I do my, my chart and my husband's chart, even though we're both Capricorn rising. So it's, it's pretty easy, different degrees. I think I'm five and he's 27 degrees. So slight differences. Different yeah. Sometimes, slight, yeah. sometimes like, but for the most part, we, we do have a lot of bleed over. Um, but I've learned all of this from, from just your course in a few months. And, um, yeah, you're really providing like such an accessible, cause I think sometimes this can feel so inaccessible, right. Where it's either really expensive or you're just like looking, reading things on different websites by yourself, but you really empower people to do this for themselves, which I, I, Allie and I talk a lot about in like self-help and spirituality. Like so many people can like guruize themselves yes. and where it's like, you need this other person to guide you. And I love that you help people return to themselves, which is what we're, we're really all about is like, it has to be all about ourselves, right? Like helping best, ourselves. you are your best compass and guide. Yes. So, yes. I want you all to be your own little astrologers is my goal. Yeah. Right. You have yeah. the tools. Yes. And I was going to say, I feel like you guys have made me astro curious because <laughs> I know Ali, you have to join and come I to the events with me. I, I know. Just and I'm really into the moon. I, I have a certification in, well, Erica and I are both integrative nutrition health coaches, but I also did some advanced coursework in hormone health and my cycle, this is sort of a separate thing, but I kept thinking about this when you were talking about the moon and the, the work you do with the moon, because my cycle is fully aligned with the lunar cycle too. And I ovulate on it actually changed. I ovulate on the, um, full moon and I get my period on the new moon and I'm a full moon period girl. Let's this app. Everybody download stardust. It's stardust. Period, period and moon app. So <laughs> fun. Literally downloading right now. I bought a book called red moon. That was all about different moon cycles for, um, like the witchiness of when we bleed with where the moon is. I love it. So I'm definitely going to download Stardust yeah. tells you what witch you are. Like you're wow. a red witch or a white witch. Yes, yeah, and yes, you know yes. what? I've switched before. I had uh, like there was a few months period where it would just push a little bit every day to be like eventually on the opposite schedule. So there have been periods of time in my life where I would bleed on the like on the new moon, and then it 
changed to be on the full moon. So it's where interesting where, yeah, where, it, where it aligns, I guess, different <laughs> phases of di- different parts of life, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, and that's why I think the feminine energy is so powerful mm-hmm. and like, it's so magical. And the moon has such a pull on things like the crops, the oceans, everything. How does it not have a pull on our human bodies, et cetera? So. It makes so much sense. Yeah. And I think that's what astrology has really helped. I have my whole chart is air and fire. If I didn't have that Capricorn earth, I'd it's all air and fire. And so I have no water. And so I do have a lot of like masculine energy in my chart. So, um, learning about astrology and even learning like how to pull the different elements from your astro curious program, things I've read, it's helped me. I I think I'm very feminine appearing, but like it's helped me actually tap into more of my feminine energy. Cause I definitely think my energy can be a little more masculine. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I'm curious, I know, um, obviously this could be its whole own podcast episode, but since we mentioned it and it was my first entry into you and into this world, I would love to just touch on astrocartography a little bit because I found, um, it to be so fascinating. And I hadn't heard of it until I saw, I don't know how, or it, it must've been divine intervention of seeing this post, but how I found it, but I did find it. And I went to your astro cartography event and it was truly, um, opening, especially it was just eye opening about how different parts of the world we have different energies and, and can thrive or maybe struggle a little bit more. So can you just talk about like, what is astrocartography for anybody who just heard us mention it? And is like, huh, what's that <laughs> giant word? That's a mouthful. Yeah. Think of it as like, we each have our birth chart. So similar to the birth chart, it's based on the time place of your board in your birth date. And it spreads this, it's basically like a giant chart over the map of the world. And so when you, anybody can pull it, by the way, it is a free tool on astro.com. And then you click locational astrology. I'm sure you guys will link it, but um, it can look very chaotic and overwhelming upon first glance. So I really wanted to host that workshop over years, people bugging me about it. Um, And I was like, oh yeah, let's do it. But essentially it's basically showing you Definitely. If you guys are looking to move, you want to check that. And if you're looking to go on vacation, say you're open, you have a girl's trip and you're like, where should we go? Pull out your maps and see, because there's different parts of the world that will pull out different aspects of your personality. So say that, so each planet is seen in the astro cartography map, but you'll notice there's AC, DC, MC, and IC. Um, I won't get too complex, but those are four different versions of the planets and how they can be activated within you. Ascendant is self, MC is career, DC is other people, and IC is internal world. So say that, I always say it's important to first get clear, like, what am I craving in my life right now? What am I really calling in? Say that you're thriving in your career, but you're really wanting to cultivate creativity or a relationship or new friendships. Get clear at what you're looking for first and then start plugging away in that chart and see when you click on things, you can click on cities and it will populate a little descriptor about it. Now, keep in mind, it's going to be kind of blanket statements because it's just a computer. Um, You definitely, if you ever do it in a reading style with me, I would have your particular birth chart up to make sure it's good for you. But certain certain places will help you develop parts of your relationship. 
yourself, activate different aspects in your personality, help you understand certain themes of your birth chart, for example. Some of these places will come with ease. Some will come with challenges. Yeah. So it's yeah. to note, you don't want to maybe move with a partner to a place <laughs> where Saturn is on your descendant, which is your relationship, which would cause effort and challenges. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, it was been interesting, like I said, once I, and again, I, I I'm not like an expert reader. So I, I only know again, what's so great about your events is you give us so much to empower us to do this ourselves. So I had your, um, PDF attachments and I had what all the ICDs, all of that meant. And I just started doing it with some of my friends, Ali included, you know, all of that, but i found that most people have a sense, like an internal sense of where they're meant to be. Um, like I had a couple of friends, one of my best friends was like, can you look at Berlin? Can you look at these places in Europe? And lo and behold, it was like such good lines, right? Like such good lines. And, and similar, I had that experience too. Like I always felt so when I went, I did my honeymoon in Paris and I just felt alive there. And it was like where my Venus line was, or I think something like that. And, um, so I, I think for anyone listening to that's like, right. Where maybe it could be scary. Like what if I'm living, I think you kind of have an internal knowing of like, Oh, I'm attracted. If you're really attracted to this place, um, it's going to be something. Yeah. And, and I think you said something too, during the event that I really liked where you were like, if you can't right, like, let's say like, like Paris lights me up. Right. But I'm not moving to Paris, but I get that light up inspiration. If I watch like even Emily in Paris or like different movies and shows. And I think you said something, right? Like if you have a line in a place, maybe you can't live right now or access, you can consume content of that space to kind of set your soul on fire a little bit. So say Paris. Um, yeah, you can go to Parisian restaurants and eat the, the food. You can listen to music of that culture. You could even dabble in taking French. You know, it's like you can cultivate the, the, the areas of the map that are really strong for you. Like my, one of my lines is in the Philippines and I'm like, I'm not going to get there for a while, <laughs> um, if ever. And so what can I do? And it's just like, oh, I love Filipino food. So mm-hmm. let's integrate that into my life. So that is a little like a little woo woo, but it is so important that you can cultivate the energy of the culture. And same goes if it's in the States, say you have a line in Austin, Texas, and you don't want to move there, but it's like your best relationship line. Well, it's like, maybe you should like go get some barbecue or, you know, invoke the energy of Austin is weird and more of that cool, like go to concerts, all of that energy can be seen. You can start following Instagram pages from Austin based people, stuff like that. So there's rounds. Um, a lot of people's lines will be in the middle of nowhere sometimes, or in countries that are unsafe, for example. So just know that, you know, focus on the ones that are reasonable for you. I found this once I got back from Bali and I had like the best trip of my life and my moon line was right through it. I was like, okay, we get it. It's yeah. fun. This is like the fun part. I just think like seeing all that. And, um, I remember when Erica did the astrocartography class with you, she's like, I gotta do yours. I gotta <laughs> see it. So, um, I, I know we could probably talk forever and maybe someday we'll do a, a part two. Uh, but as we wrap up, we always ask our guests three questions. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, um, what does your daily self-care look like? And, um, and do you have any non-negotiables for yourself in your day? 
So I have a very long morning routine. <laughs> so um, a big thing that I had to get rid of was this idea of you're only healthy if you wake up at 6 a.m. And those are when you're at your best. I'm like, no, I wake up at eight and then I don't start really working until like 11. So from like eight, 8.30 to like 10, I'm doing coffee me time with my animals. Then I meditate or journal. And that's kind of my non-negotiable is like, I don't want to start having space for other people until I have that time by myself. So that's what my self-care looks like. That's beautiful. It's beautiful when you realize I've realized that too, like 10 30 AM is my sweet spot to starting my day. Cause it allows me. And again, with the fortune to be able to, Definitely. you know, work from home and be able to do that. But, um, yeah, I I've been learning that about myself too. Thank you for sharing that. Um, the next question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you? Oh, I love this word courageous. It's, you know, scary in a good way. It, you're supposed to do it. And scary in a paralyzing, overwhelming way, no, don't do that. It's probably out of alignment. But being courageous to me is going after your talents without letting that imposter syndrome kind of take over. And, you know, you know that quote that everybody knows, you only fail if you don't try. So I'm a big person um, of always being bold. It's part of my North Node and Aries of just like, go and do it and don't think so much about it. So going after what you're, what lights you up and what are you passionate about? If you're bold and courageous in those areas, your life will feel more fulfilling and more energized and more exciting. So love, love that. Absolutely. Thank you. And then the final question is, um, do you have a book recommendation for any of our listeners? Just like anything that's meant something to you along the way. It doesn't even have to be an astrology, just something you'd refer yeah, I, an untethered soul was always my favorite for really understanding the concept of like, what is, you know, me versus my conscious and mm-hmm. it beautifully describes it. So I love untethered soul. Mm-hmm. That would be my, my big, big recommendation. Ah, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Just thank you for taking the time to share with us today. I imagine many of our listeners are going to want to jump on Astro Curious or book a reading with you. So for anyone who wants to do those things, where on the internet can they find you, follow you, work with you, all of it? Thank you. Um, At the Modern Astrologer on Instagram and my link in my bio will have all of those things. So website, Astro Curious. I also have a in-depth course for those that are like, I really want to know all the things, which is found in the community as well. Well, thank you again so much, Lauren, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely, lovely. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.